0: Everybody sees the hate.
1: What a great song, what a great way to start a Friday. That's uh, from our guest today, Billy Amadola, who is with us today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about all the different projects and all the different things he's doing. Besides, that's from the newest Mantis release, which is Love Someone, and uh, I have Spencer Drake, also, my co-host in the chat room, and I have Billy, so let me bring everyone on, and we are gonna talk a lot about all the different things Billy's done or is doing still and has done and all the great stuff that he's doing. The new stuff. So, Billy, are you there?
2: Yes I am. How are you? Hey, good you evening are. everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. It's like, How it's, are you, like Spence? it's like that I
3: love you, man. Rock and roll, right here with Holly, me and you.
4: <laughs> that's
1: great Yeah, that's a great song I love that song yeah. It's got right great up. lyrics Especially for right mm-hmm. now What's going on And I really like the end of it Where the chorus comes in And you have almost mm-hmm. like Everybody singing It has a really good great feeling to it you want to yeah, talk
0: about
2: we, it we try we really? try we we, that that one was a uh, message to the world kind of song and uh
0: yeah uh,
2: our lead singer frankie di he wrote some amazing lyrics if you listen to some of those lyrics they're just some of those lyrics are
4: oh, very biting yeah.
2: know, about beautiful. how the world is today and then uh i helped him out with the chorus writing the chorus in the end part oh, and wow. um you know that's our little beetle influence and in, we wanted it to be That's what that was I'm our, our seri-
1: it has a Beatles influence. Yeah, yeah that was
2: that was going to be our serious song on the album that we wanted to get a a real message out to the world that mm-hmm. you know the world's on fire and we better start paying attention to what's going on in the world and let's right. just mm-hmm. get good peace and love. It got a good melody no, line, totally. uh,
3: Billy. It's a beautiful melody line on
2: that song. It uh, is. Oh, thank you. Thank
1: really, you. Really. It's a really great song. You know, for everyone that doesn't know who Billy Amadola is, um, I am going to let him introduce himself a little bit and tell everyone about all the amazing stuff that I've just read. You know, a lot about you in the last couple couple years. Really, I've been watching you. So, um, Billy, why don't you talk a little bit? Of, I know you just got back from Nam too. So,
2: yeah, I just oh, got back from Nam Talk a little NAM, bit about so... everything yeah nam nam was good i went out there uh with the modern drummer magazine i've been an edit, editor at modern drummer magazine now for uh, over twenty years so uh mm-hmm. we go we go out there every year and uh we do our schmoozing. and we cover product and we have meetings with all the manufacturers and meet new friends old friends and uh typical yeah. nam madness so uh, i came home with a little mm-hmm. bit of uh I'm a bit under the weather but uh it was a good show. It was a good turnout, and uh, it turned out to be a, a pretty good show.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, why don't we talk about the song we opened up with, besides just the lyrics, a little bit about Manus and uh, how it started out as uh, Gypsy. I know that was the name of the original band, and then it progressed into this really amazing rock stuff that you're doing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, what had happened was we, we were, we started as a rock band, uh, back in the day in the early seventies. Um, me and Frankie DiGroshenzo started the band and, uh, it was called Gypsy. And then we got John Kaz into the band. He played bass. <laughs> and then, we had a, another additional member, Jimmy Bradford on guitar. And then, uh, we were out playing the, the, the scene and, I went on the road when I was 14. They were a little bit older than me, so I was the youngest. Oh my and,
0: god, wow.
2: And and I was wow. I guess my parents uh believed in in what, you know, they supported me, so they let me go. And um, you know, that's all I wanted to do was play music and you know, we played around the tri-state area in high school dances and block parties was a big thing back in the day, so we did a lot of block parties. And then we got, uh, around 1976, we got Jimmy Mayer into the band. And um, we were still playing rock. And uh, we even played CBGBs on that scene in 77 in mm-hmm. mm-hmm. with uh, Blondie and uh, television and, and the Ramones yeah. and all. That, that big I festival that. that they had. Yeah, and we mm-hmm. kind of you know we we were a little bit heavier so we we don't know how we got on that bill but somebody had booked us on that and um <laughs> you were we kind of stu- yeah we kind of stood out it really really wasn't our crowd um but we kind of stood out and then uh after that we, we we had changed the name of the band already to, to mantis once we got jimmy mayer into the band so by 77 we, we were called mantis and then uh we were playing around the city and uh we were goofing around in a club one night at Trudy Hellers. I don't know. Spence you probably remember Trudy Hellers. Oh yeah, I remember that club, sure. Remember that club? Yep. And uh yep. we were fool- fooling around and there was hardly anybody in- there and uh Amazing. it was like two o'clock in the morning and we started playing some funk music. We went into a <laughs> rendition of uh, Brick House for about a <laughs> half hour and oh, uh great. afterwards mm-hmm. the, the 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 club uh, the, the agent came up and yelled at us and then he walked away <laughs> And then yes. this gentleman approached us and said, I really like what you guys are doing. I have a small independent label. I really I, you guys are so funky for a bunch of white oh. dudes from Brooklyn and <laughs> uh, uh I have a small independent disco label. Can you guys come into the studio oh, and, wow. and write a disco That's song? Great. And we wow. just kinda looked at each other and like, you know, disco was getting popular at the time and we figured, Yeah, we could write a disco song so <laughs> We went in and did what we thought was disco, and he released it in Canada. It made a little bit of noise. And then next thing you know, we were in the studio writing some disco songs. And then after that record came out in Canada, I guess it made enough noise for him to make enough money to come back, take us back into the studio to do another 12-inch. And then uh, John Jellybean Benitez, that was his first Mm -hmm. record. So he was brought in. He was the DJ at the Funhouse. And back then, if you had a DJ, you know, from one of the popular clubs involved in your record, it was kind of a guarantee that it was going to get played in that club. So Mm -hmm. the politics worked pretty well back then that way. And uh, Jelly Bean came in, and that was his first record. He mixed it, and we did it, and uh, it took off. And it went to number two on WKTU, which was the number one dance station at the time. And then it took off all across the country and uh, became a number two record. And then uh we put out an album, had another single from that, became a top ten record. And then we toured That's and
0: awesome.
2: all of a sudden we were like big disco stars.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was kind Did of Did you it was, wear
1: platform shoes?
2: Oh uh, we had we platform, platform shoes, shoes and uh
1: Oh my god.
2: And no, uh, jumps a, velvet velvet ju- yeah, properly. velvet bell bottom jumpsuits and yeah, uh yeah, man. you know, uh, capizios, the whole thing. Actually on the new album on the oh new album, they, the oh, new album even uh there's a video that we have <laughs> lyric video we have out of a of a song on the new album called One Big Party. Uh uh-huh. and if you listen to that it's pretty much our bio. It's a it's 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 true story. <laughs> uh Frankie again, Frankie wrote some <laughs> amazing lyrics and it's basically our whole life Going from disco and then back back to rock, Cause when we when we decided to do the new, we got back together. The band had a little wave of success. We put out a second album in 1980, and disco was starting to get a bad word. Nobody wanted to hear disco anymore, and uh, we were just getting ready to cross over, and then everything kind of like went haywire with management and everybody wanting to do different things, typical business band, you know, bullshit. Mm-hmm. But um, we we never really officially broke up. We kind of just said, okay, we're not going to do this anymore. And then we went back to playing rock, and uh, we were confusing everyone because we were still called Mantis, but
4: we refused <laughs> to play the, the disco
2: songs, and people were coming to see us. They only wanted to hear the disco songs, so we kind of just said, okay, we're not going to do this anymore. That's funny. And then in the 90s, uh, we got offered to go to Vegas and do that scene, but in the 90s, nobody, <laughs> Vegas wasn't as cool as it is now, so we would we no, None of us wanted to do that, it was like selling out So we didn't yeah. want to do it But we got back together and we toured And we played a bunch of gigs And then people only want We, we recorded some new music But people only wanted to hear those same three Old oh, disco how songs funny.
1: So yeah. we kind of said, funny.
2: nah We're, we're not going to do this And then that was it for a while And then I went on to do studio work and some other things And of course working at the magazine And then recently, uh, two years ago, we got back together, started writing some new songs, but we wanted to go back to our pop rock roots, and that's what the new album is Mm -hmm. pop rock. Sounds good. So that's basically uh, uh, all of that.
1: The magazine, yeah, let's talk about how you got into that.
2: Well, the magazine was a blessing. Um, You know, I, I was artist liaison for the Modern Drama Festivals, which was one of the first big drum festivals that, that, that was ever put together. And the magazine um, was already popular at the time because the magazine came out in 77. And then in the 80s and 90s, for almost 25 years, we did Modern Drummer Festival. So I was the artist liaison because I knew a lot of the artists, and and I would freelance for them. And I knew a lot of the manufacturers and then little by little, uh, the Spegnati family, because Ron Spegnati had started the magazine in 77 mm. and it, you know, it, be, it became, you know, modern drummer is the Bible for, for drummers. I mean, it, when it comes to drum mm. magazines, we were always the forerunner yeah. and always ahead of everybody else. And, you know, thank God we, 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 we did really, you know, really well.
4: Yeah. And,
2: uh, That all, and then little by little, uh, you know, Ron took me under his wing, and I was not going to go on the road anymore. So when I turned forty, you know, I finally got a job, and um, that's when I started working at Modern Drummer. Mm. So um, that kind of fell into my lap in a good way because at that point, as we all know, as a musician, if you're not on the road, uh, you know, what are you going to do? And studio scene was kind of drying up, because I was doing studio work for quite a number of mm-hmm. years, and that was kind of drying up, so when uh, Ron offered me a position um, at the magazine, I thought, well, this could keep me you know, still in the business, it has to do with drums, which is my main instrument, and um, it seemed like a pretty good gig, and I tried it out, and then it turned into a full-time gig, and oh. I've been there ever since, it's over 20 Great. years now. Hey, you did That's an article,
3: uh, Billy. You did an article on jellyfish, right? I was reading.
2: On jellyfish? Oh, well, we've did, we've done articles on everyone. I mean, yeah, I know. It's probably not a drummer that we haven't covered. That's an interesting
4: group, mm-hmm. though. I always got
3: into that. Oh, jelly
2: jellyfish. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you know those guys, Andy Sturmer, the drummer. Yeah. Um, he kind of disappeared. He 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 was he was always kind of shy. He never really liked to do interviews and. But he was one of those guys, and, and that happened to, Jellyfish happened to be one, my son, when my son was probably five years old, he discovered Jellyfish, and they <laughs> became his favorite band, and then when he saw yeah. them, and he saw Andy standing up playing drums and singing, you know, we were used to Dave Clark from the Dave Clark Five, we've seen that before, but well, that was well. the first time mm-hmm. in a long time that a different generation saw a drummer up front standing up singing and playing, and uh, oh, they had some, they had some, they had two great Great albums I wish I, I don't know I don't know what You know other, the, Some of the other guys Went on to do some other things But uh, I don't know Jellyfish uh, th- Those those are two classic records Yeah they are They are
1: You know I wanted to ask you in, With Modern Drummer Magazine And the interviews That you have Been part of And with different artists And stuff like that Do you have any stories You want to share with our listeners um on any of the different artists That's that cool. you've worked with? Yeah. Uh
2: you mean that I, that I've interviewed uh yeah, he interviewed
1: worked with. Yeah, cuz I know you've played right. I know you've played with so many different people including didn't you play with Ringo for a while yeah. and
2: um yeah. And well, yeah I, played, I, yeah, I played yeah, I played percussion with me. See there's there's, there's it's a little bit of a blurred line between the whole modern drama thing and me as a mm-hmm.
4: musician
2: and an artist mm-hmm. and a songwriter and producer so it's two separate worlds sometimes mm-hmm. they 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 collide uh, sometimes they're in parallel with each other and mm-hmm. then sometimes they have nothing to do one has nothing to do with the other, with the other.
0: but, but yeah. because
2: i'm i'm so well known at the magazine um A lot of people think a lot of things have to do with modern drummer that have nothing to do with modern drummer and vice versa.
0: So um,
2: the the Ringo thing, I mean, I played percussion with him uh, two times. Uh, The first time I did that was uh, three years ago in Staten Island at the St. George Theater. And uh, that was a trip because I've known Ringo at that point for a good – I've known him – Close to 20 years, but I think it took 10 years for him to finally get to really know my name and and know exactly who I was. He would always recognize me, and, you know, he knew I was from the magazine. But I had met him before Mm -hmm. I was at the magazine. And, uh, you know, playing with him had nothing, absolutely nothing to to do with the magazine. Um, We -hmm. just became friends over the years. Um, So that just kind of came about, you know, organically. Uh, We were just hanging out backstage and he asked me if I wanted to come up and play percussion. And uh, that was an honor. I mean, that was a highlight. incredible. The reason why I started playing drums, so to do that was pretty incredible. And then I did it this past summer when he played at the pier. He asked me again and uh, Mark Rivera was uh, was in town, and, he, of course, that's Ringo's musical director. And I know yeah, Mark like... a long time, and I've worked with Mark. Mm-hmm. We've done Breakfast with the Beatles together and everything. And, uh, you know, they, they asked me, if I, am, am I coming up to play as if it was like, oh, yeah, come up and play. And I was like, no, I, I, you got to ask oh, Ringo. That's great. Like, I'm not just going to walk out. And, and they were like, so Mark, you know, mentioned it to the to the band and to Ringo, and they were like, no, oh, no, no, of course we want to tell Billy to come out, oh, so wow. I got to do it again, nice. and at the pier here in New York, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. But that it really had nothing to do with Modern Modern Drummer at all.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I've
2: interviewed Ringo for Modern Drummer, and we've done things together in Modern Drummer. But um, me playing with Ringo really had nothing to do with Modern Drummer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's more mm-hmm. credit to David Fischoff who introduced me to Ringo back in the day. When uh David Fischoff had started the All-Stars. all stars right wow, and then David oh, Fischoff yeah, went on yeah. to do the rock and roll that's fantasy good. camp, which modern drama was involved in, so that's where the lines she oh, that's where like care. yeah, it's like you know in this business, it's a lot of who you know, what you know, but you also gotta you know walk a fine line on 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 things you can't you know use one thing for the other for the benefit of the other
1: Sure no absolutely uh, And I know that you worked with Debbie Gibson too
0: didn't you Um Yeah like I did uh Debbie
2: there? I played on Debbie Gibson's uh first album her debut album when she was uh, 16 years old back, wow. back in the 80s wow. and, uh, and uh that you know that 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 was pretty cool I'm actually more proud of that now and I appreciate it more Aww. now than I did back then, because back then, to me, that was like a bubblegum, really bubble. I mean, I love pop music. I'm a pop head. But to me, that was, you know, I was doing so many sessions at the time, and uh, Fred Zarr was a producer. He was Madonna's keyboard player, and Whitney Houston,
4: mm-hmm. ma-
2: major uh, keyboard player. And uh, then he went on to start producing, and he had his little team that he used to call on, and he got to do Debbie's record. And well, we went in and did that record, and, you know, I had no idea at the time that it was going to sell, you know, three million copies.
0: Oh, And, sure. uh, right. yeah.
2: you know, she was the Taylor Swift of, of, of that, you know, of, of, of that era, the Britney Spears that and Taylor era, Swift of that yeah. era. But to sure. me, I was into, you know, I was into Zeppelin and all this other, you know, heavier music, and then I'm playing on this light, fluffy pop record, and, uh,. <laughs> And uh, for a 16-year-old teen idol, so I kind of like, it was fun, of course, and I was happy, and I got a gold and platinum record out of it, and then I went on to do the remix of Shake Your Love, which was her second big hit, and then from there, Debbie skyrocketed, and to this day, you know, is a superstar, so it kind of worked out.
0: Wow. When, I bet, Billy, know? when
2: did you start drumming? I mean, when did your career start? you know what I mean as drummer.
3: yeah how
0: old
2: were you? well i started
0: i started playing drums yeah.
2: I started playing drums at seven years old and oh wow. Uh, wow, and then uh by ten, I had gotten a drum set and Jeez. then uh <laughs> I finally got my drum set, and then my I took a couple of lessons, but I was never one for for really for taking lessons. I did study- you know with a couple of teachers when i was younger but not for a long time because i wanted to play in bands and i wanted to learn you know back in in my day we learned from you know learned off a record we didn't have youtube and we didn't have any you hardly saw a drummer on tv if you did it was for two seconds so my thing was learning you know i i thankfully i had a pretty good ear that i could pick things up pretty fast so even when i was taking lessons i used to fool the teacher I, you know, I would go, and of course, I didn't know my music because I didn't practice it that week, but then he would show me how to do it, play it one time, and then from me listening to him play it, I would just copy it and look at the music and make believe I was playing it, but really I was just <laughs> oh, copying crazy. what he had just played. <laughs> but then in, in later years, I did take a couple of lessons off of uh, Bernard Purdy, which, oh, uh, wow. who I just saw recently out, out at NAMM, and we were we were talking about that uh Nice conversation between uh well, I don't want it to sound like i'm dro- I'm dropping names but we had a nice conversation with no, it's me okay.
4: me oh, bernard boy. and
2: and Jim Keltner. And, oh my
4: uh, God. Mm-hmm. and
2: <laughs> Bernard is a fan of Jim Keltner Jim Keltner is a fan of Bernard mm-hmm. Purdy, and wow. of course, I admire both those guys tremendously, and uh both of them were like teachers to me, and it was pretty funny because. We had that conversation. Jim didn't know that I had taken lessons off Bernard and then Bernard had said, you know, he <laughs> took lessons off of me and I was this punk kid from Brooklyn with long hair you know, and we we, we had records <laughs> out or we had a couple of records out so I guess I thought it was hot shit at the time and uh, Bernard kinda put me in my place which was perfect and then I was teasing Bernard and I and I and I said to to, to Bernard, I said, Well tell Jim what I taught you and he goes, and Bernard says, yeah, he taught me how to put up with a punk-ass kid from Brooklyn.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that is funny. That
0: is funny. You know, yeah.
1: I-, I wanted to ask you, Billy, while you were at Nam, did you happen to get to see, because you mentioned that you started drums at seven. It, did you Have you seen the little boy that's five years old that plays drums?
2: Uh, I probably have, because i I probably she's get all over about the place. yeah, and there's she's this, this the little Japanese, or
1: something.
2: yeah, there's a little Japanese yeah. girl too that 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 plays she was out at Nam uh you know i I mm-hmm. don't get impressed by these kids because these days i i, I must get about a hundred videos a week from parents
0: oh yeah. sending
2: me. Videos of these really? uh, these young kids playing and wow. i i it's 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 nice to see because I want to encourage people to play, so it's mm-hmm. nice to see it's nice to see but the way kids are are being brought up these days with modern technology at ten years old they 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 should be great because they have so much exposure to youtube i mean you could take a lesson off of anyone in the world mm. at any time and you can watch youtube mm-hmm. videos. You can watch. You know, you could take lessons on your own. You you can watch every single thing that's 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 done. And kids nowadays, I mean, they go to kindergarten and they're already learning how to work. You know, an iPad and, and they're the learning music. The yeah. So so it it, yep. it it. I mean, of course, they have to have to play drums. I think it has to be kind of natural. You have to be coordinated. If you're coordinated, you pretty and have good rhythm, you pretty much can play drums. It's it's all a question you know, of how you guide yourself and where you put yourself and your mindset and what you're going to put into it. Because a lot of these kids, they'll play great and they'll do their videos mm-hmm. and they'll get a million hits on their videos and they're playing a copy, you know, they'll do a copy song and they'll do a song by Slipknot or something and with this intricate drum parts and all this stuff and everything. But then if you ask them to play a song, you know, they can't play a groove they have no feel when like they play a groove. They just—they're yeah. just, they're like robots. Yeah. They're too technical and it's too mechanical. So that's what's missing from from you know the the younger generation. So mm-hmm. it's great that they're doing it what they're doing at that age, but then they have to apply what they're doing and then what they're going to add to that as they grow. Because if you're already great, then at ten, eleven years old, you know. Where are you gonna go from there, so you have to learn to get in a band and play with other people. That's the other thing with this the younger generation. They don't play with other people. everybody stays in front of their computer, they send files back and forth and you know no nobody plays together as a band and that's where all spontaneity you know that's that's right. where the magic happens when you're in a room playing music together, and when you're younger you you know play with older people because. That's how you learn and play with someone who – always play with people who are better than you because that's the way you learn. But, you know, just sitting home and just playing your favorite song and copying it to the T and, you know, and playing all these crazy drum chops and everything, you know, that's 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 only going to go so far. It's, it's not, you know – not going to get you work.
1: Totally you know? get that. Yeah,
2: Billy. I got to yep. bring up something interesting. Um,
3: I uh, the ginger, you know, I designed for Ginger Baker. His son, Coffee, so is actually a great drummer. But uh, when they interviewed Ginger, I don't know if you know this. His favorite drummers were jazz drummers. He did oh, not
2: absolutely
3: really... right. So tell us about what drummers you were Were you into certain drummers yourself? You know what I'm saying? What?
2: Yeah, well, well, my influences growing up, of course, um, well, Buddy Rich was a, was a main influence. Um, mm, right. And that's because my dad played trombone in a big band in in, in the Navy. Oh, really? So, wow. Um he was very into Buddy Rich so he, he you know, he turned me on to, to, to Buddy, he let me stay up and watch um Johnny wow. Carson when Buddy was on all the time. So Buddy of course as far as soloing and, you know, playing that type of music, uh, Buddy was a big mm-hmm. influence on me, but I didn't want to be a jazz player. Um you know, I'm not I'm not a jazz player, you know. So when I saw Ringo of course, mm-hmm. like so many of my generation, once I saw Ringo on Ed mm-hmm. Sullivan, that was it. I mean, I wanted to be every Beatle, you know, I, uh, oh, everyone, yeah. I wanted to be a right, different right. Beatle like everybody else. And yeah. and then Ringo, Ringo was my main, main influence, which wow. in a way, when I, when I think about it now, mm-hmm. that was the best thing because um, he drew me to the drums, but, you know, he was playing for the song and Nobody knew at the time that that he you know he was going to be playing drums to th- with to songs that three of the greatest songwriters in the world were writing. So he really mm-hmm. his parts were so musical and so much a part of the song, just as important. His drumming was just as important as the chords or or the lyrics, you know, because his parts were just so well thought out and so different. So I, I Ringo, saw
3: hey, Billy, I saw uh, B- McCartney did an interview. And when he tried out Ringo, he, Paul McCartney said, they looked at each other and they said, that's it. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, because well, yeah, because out. Ringo was in uh, Rory Storm at the time, and that was the biggest band mm-hmm. in, in, in town. So uh, the Beatles used to look up to them, it. and they always used to say, that that drummer, Really? Want, I didn't know that. that. We want that uh, drummer. And
1: they got Wow, we, well, imagine yeah. if we
2: had that drummer, and then yeah. finally they uh, started to get him to sit in, and that's how it became. But then after Ringo, I mean, Dino Danelli was a huge influence on me right right after Ringo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dino from the Rascals was a very big influence on me. And then Hal Blaine. Very cool. Hal Blaine was,
4: mm-hmm. I didn't
2: even know what an influence Hal Blaine was on me till I got a little bit older because I didn't know that Hal Blaine played on just about every record that I was playing along to and learning oh. as oh, wow. I was growing up, mm-hmm. you know, because Hal was on every single record just about being made in the mid-'60s to to the early-'70s. If it was an AM radio pop hit, most of the time it was either Gary Chester and Earl Palmer, um, Jim Gordon, uh, who was in Derek and the Dominoes,
4: mm-hmm. and
2: Hal. Hal was on so much stuff. So I didn't realize what an influence Hal was because I, you know, even – he played on all the Beach Boys stuff. I thought it was, when I was a kid, I thought that was Dennis Wilson playing on the, on the records. And well, the monkeys. Mm-hmm. you know, he played on a lot of the, all the monkey stuff. And, you know, I thought Mickey was playing on that stuff. So <laughs> all those records that, all, that, that you know, I was growing up listening to uh, the Grassroots and all they that Midnight Confession and all that yeah. stuff. Incredible, Yeah, and uh, Dizzy, you know, by Tommy Rowe. I mean, all that stuff. No one knew it was all one drummer, and it was all the Wrecking Crew. Wow. which is a great, great film. If, 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 if Whoever's listening probably has – if you're a musician, that's a must-see movie. That's part of history. Uh, you have to see that.
1: Oh, so, you absolutely. Know,
2: the Wrecking I agree Crew with is – yeah, it, it shows you how the business w- used to be, and uh, it was just p- pretty incredible. And then later but, it was Jeff Beccaro. Jeff Beccaro became my favorite.
1: Oh, really?
2: Yeah, oh, Jeff, Jeff, really? Was, yeah wow. Jeff was a huge, wow. huge – Influence as all the guys in Toto So yeah. when I did get to play with Ringo I was teasing Ringo that I was just as happy <laughs> To play with Steve Lukather Because Toto was always one of my favorites And he's oh, and that's probably my Steve favorite Lukata. guitarist
0: mm-hmm. Oh,
1: yeah See,
2: oh, and, then, uh, you know, and then, you know And then different influences I mean, all different drummers Influenced me at different times But those mm-hmm. were the main guys You know, of course, right. Billy Cobham And Dave Weckl and all those guys at one point Wow well. Um, but I was never into like, you know, I, I learned how to play all those crazy chops and play some odd time signatures and everything. But to me, I just, you know, I liked playing for the song and then I started to write songs. So I understood more about what it was like to be a little bit more musical on the drums. And, mm. and that's how, you know, I, from there became, you know, part of, uh, being involved in the songwriting.
0: Right. Right.
1: You know, uh... I wanted to make a really quick announcement. If you are just tuning in, um, we're talking with Billy Amadola, with myself, Holly Stuffy, and Spencer Drake, And the show will be available afterwards on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media. And um, if you'd like to call in, the number is 347 677 I forgot to tell everyone earlier because I know Billy said he was so busy he didn't have time to call anyone and invite anyone on. But if any of his friends are listening out there, give us a call. Um, you know now what, now, really now also, people are
2: going to call that. I, I now they're going to
1: gonna come, <laughs> No, it'll
2: be good. But you know what I wanted
1: to ask you about, Billy, was um, about your um, a little bit more about the stuff that you advocate for, for the rights of musicians and also about yeah. the Music Modernization Act that you're, you know, Working, working with and stuff.
0: Well, you know, I mean, a little
1: bit about that.
2: Yeah, well, that's something that I think all musicians want to support. You know, writing letters Mm -hmm. to the senators that you need to write to, and and just trying to get, you know, trying to get back to being able to make a living off of playing music because, you know. Mm -hmm. With all the streaming services and all these uh, streaming devices, it, it, I mean that they're, they're all that's all great. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of social media and the internet. I I I, I you know I, I love the internet. I I love how everything is so easily accessible. You know, but there's a problem with music and getting paid for it, because if if it didn't cost anything to make a record. Mm. then, of course, music should be given away. It, right. it should be free, you know. But you can't make music and you can't make a record for free. So you have to be able to to, to be paid for, for your work. So what had happened was, you know, all these streaming services came out, and the only people who really make and benefit, make money and benefit from, from the streaming services are, are the, the suits that own these companies. And
4: mm-hmm.
2: they you know, there has to be a way that they have to be they have to do things legally correct and and pay the musicians and be fair about what they're paying because they had nothing to do with any of these songs or, or, or recordings or, or they have nothing to do with them except that they have a streaming service, and you know they're making it available to you. So they're making all this money, and then you got to have like a million streams to make a couple of pennies, which is kind of ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, mm-hmm.
3: uh, Billy, when they had new music seminar, were you familiar with that with Tom Silverman?
2: Oh yeah, uh, I love I love I Tom. So yeah. they
3: had a the one one event they had one year was very interesting. It was about Pandora and Sirius XM. And the money layout to musicians, and they kind of panned Pandora, but Sirius, they said paid more fairly. Do you have a stream on that? I mean, your mind.
2: Well, yeah, I mean Sirius pays pretty well. Um, Now they own Pandora, (laughs) right? So, Mm -hmm. um, I guess um, it's just gonna, you know, uh, consolidate into into one one thing now um there's a thing called sound exchange, which i don't know if musicians know about that um if you don't you should look that up and uh and join that because what they do is there's a huge large sum of money that goes into like one big pot and then um they disperse different you know royalties and payments to 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 everyone who's played on any kind of internet radio service. Wow. and uh Sirius is Sirius is is very good about that and and the reason why I know that is because on the Studio 54 channel they still play some of the old Mantis stuff oh great. They, they play mm-hmm. they play yeah they play great. our stuff so we had joined that um years ago we were we were big advocates for uh for sound exchange and we had joined that and uh they fairly you know dispersed the money Uh, you know, everybody doesn't get paid the same, of course, because the larger artists that have played more will get a certain amount, but they keep track of of pretty much what's going on on the internet. And they pay you your your royalty. So, believe it or not, in in the last couple of years, I mean, for songs that we had out 40 years ago, they're not huge checks, but you know, a check will come in and I'll be able to buy a new iPhone or, you know, something, you know. So, it, it you know they they're, they're pretty good about that That's spotify great. um you know we have yet to see a, a penny from spotify uh, well, itunes yeah. itunes seems itunes seems to pay pretty well but that goes through the record companies so it's the, it's the record companies that that give you the problem not really itunes i couldn't blame itunes but i i could blame the Thank record label
1: clarifying that Thank you for clarifying that, because iTunes gets a bad rap out there.
2: Yeah. Well, no, I mean iTunes was 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 one of the greatest things when Apple, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole iPod. I still can't understand why they would discontinue that. I mean, once Steve Jobs, you know, passed away, I guess
1: different people come in. Oh, today's the day interrupt you, today's the day that Apple was introduced to, um, uh, you know, as we know it, back in. Really. I'm looking here. Today, uh, God on bless Steve twenty fourth, nineteen eighty four, Apple CEO Steve Jobs introduced the first Macintosh, and I watched the video where he introduced, where it was the first computer. Freaky weird. I'm sorry, I had to tell you that because you mentioned his name, and I meant to tell you today's the day. Yes,
2: wow well god it. bless God bless you yeah. jobs I mean he was definitely a a big time. a genius i mean you know, know. his personality was uh, some people i you know his personality was his personality but as far as his uh what what he accomplished and what he created was pretty mm-hmm. pretty incredible
4: i got really
3: mm-hmm. i gotta ask you something um you know I dealt a lot you know of course designing for major record companies, but within that. The, and you know this they gave a check out to you know songs played that all that stuff and all the radio stations. How is that? You know, I always wonder, because I, I in books, for instance, I got royalty checks, uh, or sometimes I didn't. And I always wondered, you know, it was like an honor thing, right? You don't bring a lawyer in to check on everything, right? I always well, wonder. Well, you're
2: supposed that. to.
3: Right, but but a lot of people don't. You know that a lot of people don't. Yeah, a lot of work.
2: people I mean, don't, and this is why record companies get away with what they. Even yeah, so I don't know how the, the hell same.
3: can you tell how much you got. You know what I'm saying? For what they what they found to play, if that's really true or not. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, well that's the that was the thing with 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 with, with the record companies. I mean, no one could you know unless you were a superstar band and you had a high powered attorney to go in order right. and, and have the books audited, and you constantly had right. a you right. know a manager and a top lawyer. Constantly, you know, fighting for you. No one really knew. I mean, the Beatles at one point were getting ripped off. No, you know, they, you know, the the record company could tell you. Well, first of all, you have to recoup everything, which a lot of people don't understand. Even when we were young, that's how we completely got ripped off. You know, I was 20 years old, 19, when I signed a record deal, and you know, all of a sudden I have songs on the radio, and I'm happy because I'm on TV. I have songs on the radio. All well and good. But when I asked where where the money was, they would say, oh, well, you, you know, back in the day, studios cost over $300 an hour, and you were in the studio for right. months. So they would say, well, you're not going to see a penny until we get $350,000 back, and then you'll start to see maybe a little bit of money. And we were like, what? You know, because yeah. they would give you an advance, and they never really made it clear that you would you know you were getting it in advance but you had to pay that money back so you weren't seeing anything till you got it and then they could say to you well you only sold 1000 records but meanwhile you sold 5000 how are you going to argue with them you know right so so that you know that and that still goes on unfortunately I um, you know that's why these days you have to it's a little easier cuz you can put out your own record now you know there's more ways to just do it all independently and put it out yourself but you know i don't wanna I don't wanna rag on the on the labels because most of them have disappeared anyway because of that reason right. you know and they've been mm-hmm. doing that to artists since you know the the forties you know in the fifties they've just been you know ripping off artists left and right
0: Absolutely. and that's why bands make yeah. money
2: bands make money by being on the road you know and then and then writing the song and having publishing so if you know you could be one of the biggest stars in the world and you're out singing, you know, songs, but if you didn't write that song, when the time comes that you're not on the road anymore singing that song, you're not getting paid anymore because the, whoever wrote the song is being paid. So,
4: mm-hmm. when the you're younger, you know, yeah. you,
2: but nowadays, yeah. you know, this. nowadays, it's, it, all this is out in the open, so there's really no reason for anybody to get ripped off at, at this point. And... And 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 in a way that kind of ruined the younger generation because they made a record and they were able to make a, a record in their closet and put it out and make a CD and the first thing they did was give it away for free so that's how that whole thing came well I'm not going to go to a rec company I'm just going to make a record now I I could for for ten thousand dollars I could I could have a little home studio I could make a CD
4: mm-hmm.
2: and I could get them printed up and I could just put out my own CD and that's good and bad. You know that that you know that's good and bad. And then the record companies at that, at that point they they sat back and said, "Oh, let's see how far that record goes on its own." And then if that record starts to sell, then we'll sign that artist or we'll distribute that record. And then all the groundwork, you know, the label didn't have to lay out any money. All the groundwork, everything right. was already laid out. All they did was distribute it, you know, which was a help to the artist. But right. no, they weren't, you know, they weren't taking the band in and spending money grooming the band and prepping, you know, getting the band ready. So that's how the whole record industry started to fall apart. So as an artist, as a young artist, you now you can make a CD, you can write a song, make a CD, put it out yourself. And and, and get it out, and the way to get it out, people were giving it away for free. And then that was the downfall and the worst thing that could possibly be done. I understand why people did it, because you just wanted your record out there. You wanted people to hear it. But once music was given away for free, and that whole generation grew up with music being given away for free, and then all these streaming companies coming on, and you... Yeah, you tell Alexa, Alexa, play whatever you want to hear, or whatever you mm-hmm. know. It this? Why would you buy music then? At that point, you know, they they didn't mm-hmm. know any other way. They don't they don't know any better. So, right. you know, to them, it's like, what do you mean, pay for music? M- music is free. But you know, people will spend five dollars on a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, or they'll spend two dollars on a bottle of water. Water's free but they'll still buy water. Mm-hmm. Now, music, I don't, you know, it, it's it's all the artists, what, what what should have happened was right at the beginning of all this starting, if all the artists would have said no to all these streaming companies, you can't have my record, you're not allowed to, you know, that's why the Beatles waited so long. No, The Beatles weren't on any of these until they made sure that they had the right deal and they were going to make their money and they stayed off it the Beatles are the Beatles, of course, but if every artist at one time said, no, you're not getting my music for free, mm-hmm. then we might not be in the position that we're in now. Now it's a little too late. Now, somebody yeah. from the younger generation has to figure out how they're going to make music, how they're going to make money making music, and I'm sure somebody will, mm-hmm. because there are ways, you know, it's just that with all these acts now coming in, you know, um the Case Act and the M- music modernization act. I mean, you know, little by little they're they're trying and people are trying their best, but somebody in the younger generation has to come along and say, Okay, you know, the light has to go light bulb has to go off in their head and say, Okay, this is this is what we have to do and this is the way it's gonna be fair and this is the way everybody's gonna make money. So right. you know don't want it, you don't want the younger generation to give up hope i mean and you and we all know we all play music because we have a passion for it and we love it and most of the time we do it for free anyway but you can't make a record for free so that that's the problem when the day comes that you could walk into a studio you know and not spend a dime and and make a record even though you're not being paid for your time mm-hmm. that's okay you're still making a record but it wow. doesn't work that way you have to be Pay you have to pay to make a record, so why should that mm-hmm. record then leave your hands and go out into the world and then be given away for free? It just doesn't make sense.
3: Yeah, what's your viewpoint that's on that's YouTube? True. Because I think YouTube is so important for the permit. You know what I like about the permanency, uh, Billy, it stays on permanent. You know, on YouTube
2: well youtube there's ways that you can you know you can monetize uh you know you can get you know, you can get money off off of youtube um mm-hmm. you know there's mm-hmm. ways that, that 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 you can do that and but YouTube is also trying to figure out a way you know to they're trying to try have a subscription base now and then what what happens is once something is for free and that's that and that's what started to happen in the in the print business going going back to the magazine side. A lot of the mm-hmm. magazines started giving away magazines for free, or they yeah. would let you read yep. the issue online, which
0: online, they thought they would
2: do yeah, giving every, doing well, everyone a favor by giving you. So once mm-hmm. I read something online, mm-hmm. and I and I could read the whole thing online for free, why would I buy? Why would I buy it? I I already right. read it. So, right. you know, that you we did it to ourselves. But thankfully, modern drama never fell into that. You know, we we don't give away anything, you know. We give you we give enough stuff away for free. And <laughs> and you know, but you you can't give all the content away for free. We we used to look at all these other magazines and say, how could they how could they survive? They're giving everything away for free. Everything digitally, everything, you know, take it for free cuz the kids aren't buying magazines so they're reading everything online. So they give it away for free. And now they're all out of business. So, <laughs> right. You right. know, they
4: That's why right.
2: they couldn't see that, you know, the last five years coming up, it's, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. So, you know, we have everything digitally, but, you know, we have different packages. And, you know, we try to give, if you subscribe to Modern Drummer, we try to give, we really try to give you, you your money's worth. I mean, we we really do. And if you, you don't even have to be a drummer these days because we give away, we got a new publisher um, recently, uh, David Frangione he came in as a, a our new publisher and cuz Ron had unfortunately passed away uh, over 15 years ago and he, mm-hmm. we you know we, we've always been self-published and recently in the last uh 7 to 8 months uh David Frangioni came in who's uh very well known in, in the music industry um you can mm-hmm. you guys should interview him actually uh he 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 does podcasts i mean just look his name up David Frangioni, and uh
0: Oh, he I know he yeah, for, yeah he was a
2: forerunner of MIDI and Pro Tools and besides being mm-hmm. an unbelievable drummer, so he's been in 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 the business. But um mm-hmm. he, he since he's come on board now, Modern Drama for our subscribers to give back, we give them uh free trips where you, you know, we took somebody uh pe- this past July if you're a subscriber to the magazine, you get all these VIP benefits. And all this backstage stuff where, where you can't get anywhere else. So we took somebody to Ringo's birthday party. They introduced wow. him to Ringo's. She was at Ringo's birthday party with us. Sang happy birthday. Took pictures with Ringo. <laughs> met Ringo. We wow. sent somebody on a cruise to uh, to Spain with Bon Jovi, and his, uh, and in his band is with his his solo. Uh, that's great. project with his with, with uh, Rich Canella his, his drama uh recently uh manah has the the big latin american band manah has uh alex is on our new cover that's out right now alex Gonzalez. um they sold out seven nights at the forum in los angeles and one of those nights you were able to go on stage and play Alex's drums and meet oh, the band cool. and I mean really? we constantly you know now we we have one with Eric Singer of Kiss you're gonna go to Kiss we send somebody to, to Vegas oh, to sit on the side of the stage to watch Aerosmith and you know so
4: <laughs> you great. don't even have
2: to you know a friend a friend of mine said you know I, I I think I'm just gonna get a subscription to Modern Drummer because it's I want <laughs> I want to I want to do some of these things I would love to go on a cruise with Bon Jovi. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're so, going um, out on
1: tour. I just saw the other day Bon Jovi's going out on tour. They just yeah, announced Yeah, I, I
2: believe they're, they're working on a, on, a, on a new record now, and then
4: they but, go but, out you know, and... Yeah. It's,
2: but Billy, it's funny because um,
3: I have uh, these friends of mine. You know, I do, uh, Judith and I designed his first album cover, but it, now he's, like, unbelievable. But it's so much money... To go to see a show, but you're doing something that's economical for the, for someone. To, I think to go on a boat to, to meet with him. You know what I'm saying?
2: Uh, well, this is how why we try. This is why we try to give back. You know, what I mean, because I mean, everybody on tour now. When you go on tour the last couple of years, the way they make extra money that to make up for not getting money from record sales, of course,
4: yeah. is
2: being on tour, and then merchandise, and then all these VIP meet and greets.
4: I mean people right.
2: pa- p- people right. pay a ridiculous amount of money. Right. Right. First of all, like you said, ticket For the prices and greet. are very yeah. high. They are now they have all these mm-hmm. meet and greets which are pretty cool if you're you know, if you're a huge fan of the band and you want to meet these people and everything, but this is another way, you know, of thinking out of the box. You always have to think out of the box, you know, and mm-hmm. something different. So that's why at Modern Drama, if you're a subscriber to Modern Drama Great. Then you get all these benefits. You know, That's this very is our cool. way—our way of give, of giving back.
3: So, how much does it cost for a, a year of subscription, or how does it work?
2: Uh, well, there's 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 all this like different price groups if you want just the magazine or you want the magazine and the digital and then we have oh wow, okay the whole package where we have all our archives the whole 44 oh, wow. years
0: so yeah, you I get saw all 44 that. that's years very yeah cool. oh, so yeah, that's I like saw that. getting
2: getting the whole package is the best yeah, value good. for your money i mean i i stay away from that end of the business i don't have anything to do with that so but if you go on the website you know com it's right there, you know, you just go uh, and, you know, and subscribe. If if you're a drummer, you know, most drummers do, do subscribe, but, you know, mm-hmm. you want that younger generation to still believe, you know, and still want to, you know, this is how you learn, you know, this is how you, you know, you see what other people do if they're doing it the same way that you're do, doing it, and then, of course, we're, we're an educational magazine, because we, mm-hmm. we teach you, you know, It's it's not just you know, we don't ask somebody, you know, what's your favorite color? You know, it's, right. it's educational. You know, we talk right. about how they came up with certain parts, and then music is written out. We teach you how to play. We have lessons. You know, we have a whole lessons program. So it's there's a, there's a lot. So if you go to moderndrama.com you'll see all the things and all the benefits that, you know, you'll see everything there that you'll get as, as a subscriber. So
3: yeah, Billy. That's the awesome. other thing is on Mantis. When does Mantis comes out? The new one? You're doing the new Mantis, right? Uh,
2: well, yeah. That well, that record's out. The uh, Mantis established 1976. That, that record's been out. Cause, uh, my son produced that record for us. And That's uh, right. has, uh I was gonna talk has, to uh, about that. Yeah, Matty uh, Amendola. He, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's a little star in his own right.
4: Right. And, exactly. Uh, <laughs>
2: Tell us about Thank God he 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 he's been uh, working in. Uh, He's a studio rat. He doesn't come out of the studio, so he does a lot of production. That's cool. Ooh, that's great. And, uh, he that and he plays every yeah. instrument. Mm-hmm. You know, he writes and he he does. You know, uh, you know, he's my son, so of course, you know, I'm gonna say he's great. But
0: <laughs> oh no, uh, every, any, anybody
2: who 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 sees him or you know hears what he does, you know, he can he can back it up. So I don't have to. I could open the door for him and. You know they'll they'll keep them behind the door. You know they'll they'll keep them there because his talent just speaks for itself. You
3: know, Billy, I, I had this idea that the sons or daughters of famous musicians should get together in a band, like Malcolm Bruce, J- you know, uh, Jack Bruce's son, who I know, and and and, right. and the Cop- Kofi Cop- Baker. Baker. There's a Paul McCartney's son. You know, I, what what do you even think they're gonna do that? Like put, you know, like the sons of famous musicians, put them together in a
2: group. You know what I'm saying? Uh I don't think so because I think
1: many diverse. Yeah. yeah, it would Jiminy have to ha- it would, it would have music. to
2: organically I think it would have to organically mm-hmm. happen. Right, right. It couldn't just like be like put together kind of thing because the pressure of of something like that and then the hype of it no one would ever be able to live up to the hype.
1: Wouldn't you know, that be crazy? Oh, my God. All the kids, like, when you yeah,
2: see George I'm sure. Play. I'm sure somewhere down the line oh, there, yeah. there, there might be some collaboration between, you know, mm-hmm. some of the siblings, as we call them. yeah hey, but Spence, um, I'm
1: sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but Spence, it's uh, six, it's six I'm gonna, hours. I'm going to hang on for a couple have...
3: more minutes. This is getting too engrossing, Holly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're I could, right. I, thanks thanks no. a lot. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, no. I extended the show, too. Yeah, but, oh. you know, that's very interesting that you said that. Um, And you mentioned something earlier about how tickets were becoming very expensive or more expensive because they're adding different right. things on, like the meet and greets right. and stuff. It's so true, Billy. I've, I've, you know, for different concerts and stuff that people – want to go to and i know that they do a lot of different things up here in fact ringo played up here for the um, harvest festival in sonoma one year it was great he came up to sonoma and played here with his band but um they add so many different things on to tickets and there's so many different mm-hmm. tiers
2: mm-hmm.
1: Of different well yeah things, so. and and,
2: and, and ringo show i mean his tickets are pretty reasonable and his show, mm-hmm. you know, Ringo and the All Stars, uh, you know, just not that I want to sound like an agent for Ringo, but that you're getting to see like they're seven amazing. bands yeah. in, in one shot because you know, yeah. every, everybody has yeah. their hits that they do and they go around and do their hits. So that concert is is well worth the money. Um, and his tickets are pretty 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 reasonable. You know, some of the other artists' uh, tickets are a little bit they're a little bit up there. But people's, you know, people still go, and I, like, I mean, look at Billy Joel. He plays the garden like every month.
1: Exactly. Right? And <laughs> y- you would think that,
2: like, how, you know, how many times can you go see Billy Joel? But I guess you know, if if there's demand for it, then why not?
1: Exactly. But I say what,
2: you know, I, I have, I have nothing to do with, 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 with any of that anyway, so I can't. You know I can't say, and and, you know, and me fortunately I get invited to so many shows, so I, I very Oh, you know, I bet. We
4: that's should do cool. that.
1: Your website too, Billy. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. is your website?
2: Um, I don't have a personal website, but uh, Mantis M A N T U S because Mantis is spelled with a U. mantisonline.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That's where you can go to check out the Mantis stuff, and then I'm all over social media, so I have a music page. Oh, I and know. A Personal yeah. page, yes. and
1: and you're. Yes, you're everywhere.
2: And, and you're I on
1: Facebook, that, uh, And Instagram, and Yeah, well, Instagram. You know, media, so yeah,
2: I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of social media because it's, you know, yeah. you can mm-hmm. never speak to that many people in, in, in one day. You know, they even email. That. I mean, I, I love email. I, I, you know, I, I don't really like being on the phone that much anymore because, you know, I, you, you, Email is the best way, you know. Anytime anybody wants to yeah. get me, email is always yeah. the best way mm-hmm. to, to get me. It's true.
1: So yeah, if anybody does want to reach you, what um, they'll go, they can go to any social media site and just give you a message there. And uh Well, if if you know if,
2: somebody, if, if yeah, if, if someone wants to get in touch with me, uh, I mean they go through my mm-hmm. publicist, and uh, that would be Roby R O B E and Media. Mm-hmm. And that would be uh r o b e seven fifteen at a o l dot com and uh
1: okay yeah, and then
2: and they'll get back to me you, with,
1: yeah, and you've given some really great information for parents or young adults that or anyone out there listening that wants to play music um and you've given a lot of really great info intel on on how to get started and what to do and um a little bit about the different things that went on, you know, in your life that you had to go through and now how it's changed so much. Well, um,
2: yeah, I mean, it, I I, I just want to, you know, I just so want to pay it forward and uh, just hope, you know, that yeah. the, the next generation can, can can do what, you know, ha- have their dreams come true if they want to do music. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, I don't want to discourage them, but I want them to, to, you know, think, Differently, of course, you know things are different than the way they were, but the way they were is not such a bad thing, you know some you know, a lot of the younger generation you know you tell them something they go, oh you know we don't do it like that anymore that was back mm-hmm. in your day, you know, but you know some things if it, if you know if it's not broke, don't fix it right. yeah but totally you know got I, that. The, the, but but you know i I love you know being able to 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 give advice and consult and, you know, help the younger generation because I want, you know, I want to see the next big thing, you know, I I hope I'm around to see, to see the next big thing, you know.
3: Uh, Billy, you know, something um, that I think is really important, I'm sure Holly agrees, is that, you know, today the musicians do their own CD. The the major problem they had in the old days, it was like the company took care of that, but then they took the, part of their publishing, you know, the whole trip. But mm. now it's like you own everything, but still, it's really hard for a lot of musicians to market their stuff. You know, that's the thing I find, you know, to get the sale out. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But really, there are platforms, right, out there, of course, but it, it's a big thing. It's like you throw a musician into something that... They're not. They're not supposed to. Be, they need an agent for it, right? Like like distributing their album or getting it out there. I think that's the hardest thing to to, well, to, have, to make
2: an album and then have it out there, right? It is because you know you can. The easiest part is making the record, you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah, right. If you, especially if you're talented, you know, and you, and you and you know you can do it, and you're writing, you know, songs. I mean, the work becomes after the record comes out. And that's when you got to have a good manager, a good lawyer, a really good publicist, um, because you can't do it all on your own. It, it, that's it's, right. Imp- it's impossible. You know, you can't. You can't do it, and you have to have make sure you have the right people and the right team, because right. you know,
4: right.
2: they're, they're the people that are going to get out there and, and do the thing. And then you yourself have to get out there and promote and play, and network. You know, networking is a huge huge thing. I mean, you know, people say to me all the time, oh, you know everybody, everybody knows you, you you know. know." That just happened because it it just happened. I mean, you know, thankfully, my mom's personality, you know, my dad was a little quieter, a little shy, but my mom, you know, I used to call her the mayor of the neighborhood, you know, she spoke to everybody and anybody. So I I guess growing up, I, I, you (laughs) know, I never, I spoke, you know, I I, I talked to everyone, you know, and I guess it helped me as I grew And then networking, I mean, I, I, you know, from, from the time I was, you know, playing hooky and going into, into the, you know, leaving high high school and, you know, if I wasn't on the road, I was in the, you know, going to 48th Street in Manhattan and going to the music stores and Mm -hmm. meeting people and friending people that own studios, you know, uh, Shelly Yakis at the, at the, and Roy Cicala at the, at the record plant and
4: Jack Douglas back in
2: the day. I mean, all these people, you know, Mm -hmm. but. I I I I guess I was just doing it without realizing what I was doing it, and then as the years went on, it, it was just comfortable for me to make friends and become friends with people and and keep those relationships. So,
4: right.
2: you know, right. a lot of you know that's networking is a big big thing, and uh, a lot of people don't know how to network. You know, that's right. But you have to you have to there's a certain way of doing it without being a pain in the ass. I guess you know as I'm yeah. older now. Um, you know, I could see. I'm already, you know, I, I've done what I've. Thankfully, I've been blessed, and I've I've done what I've done. So, it worked for me organically. But when I watch some of the younger generation, you know, the way they approach people or the way they they speak to someone or whatever, if you don't get, you know, your point across a certain way, mm. then it's 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 not a good thing. So,
4: right.
2: mm. you know, that's that's something that. That they also have to know And with with social media Networking just because You're sitting on your phone And you're talking to people That's not really networking You gotta be out And you gotta You know Go see live music
0: seen. Go see live yeah, band And
2: you be gotta be seen. seen People have to see you playing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the exactly. thing now It's mm-hmm. like nobody You know Instead of going to see a band They'll just say yeah. ah, I'll watch that band on YouTube You know I'll watch it on my TV mm-hmm. In my living room You know and, and instead mm-hmm. of going out and meeting people right, and then right, letting right. people see you, you know, that that's the way people are going to see your talent is when you're out there playing. Because what happens is you're out there playing, you know, even to this day, I'll see somebody and then I'll keep it, you know, I'll give them my card and tell them to keep in touch. And I'll watch their career kind of grow and or help them out over the years, you know, they'll, they'll call, ask for advice that's or
0: whatever. Great.
2: But. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 have to be out there, and you have to be out there doing it. You right, can't just right. be home playing, you know, all by yourself. It just right, it's right. not, you know, if that if if that's you know if you're doing it as a hobby, and it's according to what you want to do, you know, what your goals are, and you know what 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 you want to do with, with your life in music. But even as even as the world, you know, attention spans. You know, the younger generation because of the internet, and they want everything so fast. Their attention span—if if if you don't catch them in like 15 seconds, yeah, it's over. It's like they're on to the next thing already. So that's right. And they don't know how to interact with people, which is—it's true. You know, and I don't want to sound like an old man, grouchy old man preaching, you know, but it's just a fact. I mean, just sit back and watch what's happening to the to the world, and it's like. You have to interact with people a certain way. Billy, you, you to, see,
3: you know, I go to a restaurant, and uh, Holly, you'll relate to this. Uh, you'll see a couple sitting at a table. They're married. I don't know, their boyfriend or girlfriend, but they're looking at their cell phone. They're not even talking <laughs> to each other. It's like a separate entity. <laughs> um, I know. I and know. There are so many restaurants
4: The experience of
3: alienation. The, it, personal, the lack scary. of personal touch.
2: It's really, yeah, it's, it's, so it's, it's, yeah, it's really uh, human, human uh touch and human nature is is a totally different different thing and it's
1: a different thing now you have to learn how
2: to yeah you have Mm -hmm. to learn how to use social media the the right way Mm -hmm. you know i mean i love social media but you you still have to be out there doing you know going places seeing live music playing live music you know Mm -hmm. you have to be you have to be out there are you gonna
3: be playing, Billy, by the way? Are you gonna be playing
2: at all yourself? You know? Um, no, we don't we don't really uh I don't really play out we don't really our intention was never you know, when we did the record that was the first thing everybody asked and you know, we, we played at May Pang's birthday come party out and, and yeah. Uh, there's a couple yeah. of videos. Uh, yeah, uh, I think there's even a Mantis uh, Mantis established well, EST nineteen seventy six. We have a Facebook page. There's mm-hmm. some videos of us uh Performing, but our goal wasn't to perform. We just wanted to record. Um,
0: that's awesome. You know,
2: we play you know, every once in a while. Know. You know, every once in a while we'll 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 pop up somewhere, and I'll I'll do the same thing. I'll sit in with somebody, or I'll you know I'll 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 be somewhere and and, and I'll play, but not you know I couldn't say yeah I got you know I'm gonna be at so and so in a week or you know right, that's right. that's you know right. that's that's not me. Okay.
1: You know, I wanted to bring something up. You were talking so a lot about how you, you know, what you need to do, and with the younger generation, do you did you find yourself, or do you find yourself currently mentoring your son at all?
2: Uh, I don't have to mentor him anymore. He he kind of mentors me a little bit now because he mm-hmm. keeps me abreast oh, wow. of what's happening really to. in that yeah. generation, you know, in his generation. That's that, good. I mean, of course, we butt heads at times because there's still things that, you know, he likes to do his way, I like to do my way. Um, But, you know, I, I mentor him, mentored him up to a certain point, and then he, you know, he, he, he took it from there. I mean, he... he 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 got it pretty quickly, you know, I guess
1: that's great,
2: you know, being around it, you know, and he used to say to me
4: mm-hmm.
2: well i'm i you know sometimes when he when he would make deals and sign contracts, he would you know I would be a little worried about what he was doing, and he would say, "Dad, don't worry about it, I learned from your mistakes, which you know, he Aww. wasn't being he wasn't being facetious or mean about it no, but, but that was he
1: sweet. he he he
2: was he knew 'cause yeah, right, he right, he right, saw right. he saw what you know, what, what we went through, you know, so he didn't a lot of you know, he, he wanted to always own his publishing. I have seen him turn down deals that I thought were really good deals but mm-hmm. because they weren't gonna give him his publishing, he would just say, Well then you're not getting my song and he'd mm-hmm. walk away and I would mm-hmm. say to myself, Oh my god You know, this yeah. is when he was when he was younger I say to myself, "My God, he's walking away. He's turning down. He's turning down the deal." And it's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. But nine out of ten times, he was right, and they came back and gave him his publishing, oh. and they, you know, and he got his publishing, great. and he got it the way he wanted it. So,
0: oh wow, you know, that's
1: great.
2: So I go to him sometimes for that kind of advice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Wow, that's great. But um,
1: that is really cool.
2: Yeah, I mean. Talk
1: about was the rock and roll fantasy camp a little bit. uh,
2: The rock and roll fantasy camp, actually, there's a movie. uh, I believe the movie's focused more on David Fishoff because David's had a very colorful, Mm -hmm. uh, successful life. Um, He started as a sports agent and then he got into the music business and he put on a bunch of tours and then he started the Ringo tour and then he started the fantasy camp. So. I believe uh in March, uh, South by Southwest, uh, they're gonna premiere the movie. Uh Ooh. there's a movie oh, coming out. And uh What's yeah, basically all? the rock and roll yeah it's basically it's the rock and roll it's like the old uh, school baseball camp type things, you know. You pay a certain amount of money and nice. you go you go to uh a different location wherever it is, sometimes it's in Vegas and New York, California. And uh you get to spend uh four or five days with famous rock stars, and you get to play with them and pretty much 24-7. You eat with them, play with oh, them, jam, true. and then they sing with you. I mean, I remember the first couple of ones that that we were, Modern drummer has been involved over the years, and I, I remember the first few I would walk into the room and the band would be playing a, a Who song, and then Ooh. I'd, I turn to look to my right, and Roger Daltrey would be standing next to
1: me. Oh, that's great!
2: And then, you know, Roger, the band would be playing their song, and uh, they have their counselor, who's a, a famous counselor. And then Roger Daltrey would just go over and start singing the Who song with the band. And I'm like, this is a pretty cool concept. This is this yeah. is pretty cool. Wow! So well, that's, that's really, basically really what cool. the fantasy. That's about what the fantasy camp. That's what that's all about. That's me. That's great.
1: That's really, really great. Well, you know, there's so much that you are involved in, and we love talking to you. And, um, Spence, is there anything more that you wanted to cover on this?
3: I don't know. I think Billy covered it all, unless there's something you want to add. Billy, you
1: gave so much great information, really great information. Well,
3: you know, (laughs) thanks.
1: And we definitely would love to talk to um the new publisher of you know modern drummer magazine mm-hmm.
0: um sure. you know, maybe
1: we can schedule great an idea. interview, yeah, that would be great. We would love to do that
2: yeah, and, yeah I mean, um, I'm, I'm i'm sure i'm sure I'm sure he would en- he would enjoy it he has quite a yeah story. Cool. i mean he has a pretty pretty amazing story, and we go back well what I'll you?
1: You go ahead. We go back. Minutes. We go
2: back to the Debbie Gibson days. That's how we first met. Oh we wow. That's how we wow. met on that on oh, that so session. he was there.
1: That's, That's way well. back. There. Well, you know what? I'll make sure to send you an email and we can get the information from you so we can get in touch with them. That would be
0: cool. Sure. Ab- absolutely. That
1: would be really cool. We right. you know we are ending we we extended the show and I apologize to yourself and to Spencer because I know Spencer had to get somewhere too. Oh
3: no no um, it's okay this is worth it Hal but thanks a lot you're very you but know, you, you respect.
1: We that. have we have um, a song we're ending the show with today that I would like to tell have you talk about for a few minutes, boogie to the Bob.
0: <laughs> That's a disco song.
2: That's a,
3: Let's I love
0: that. Boogie, that Boogie,
2: to, Boogie to the bop was our third single from, uh, and that was off our second album. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. that was the one. Uh, that was 1980. And uh, if you listen mm-hmm. to those lyrics, they probably they still stand the test of time today. Actually, because uh, if you listen to the lyrics, it's it, they're pretty relevant even even today, all the, all these
0: forty oh, yeah. somewhat
2: years uh, later. But. Um,
0: Absolutely. That's the old
2: Mantis stuff. That was our third uh single. That that was uh one of our Well, three, this is uh, a fun hits.
1: song, guys. This is
2: and they still, That's a great one way. that they, you know, they they still play. They still play that one on the radio, so uh they do.
1: That's great.
2: We're happy about and that.
1: And this is a great way to go into the Friday.
2: <laughs> yeah, after. actually uh yeah, this is a good way it to is. to start off the weekend with a right. an, an old-fashioned uh Funky disco song.
1: It is. And I wanted to say to everyone out there, um, have a really cool weekend and um please don't drink and drive. I always like to tell everyone that because I live in Sonoma where everyone just does whatever they want, pretty much. Um
2: Well, wine country, you're in wine country.
1: Yeah, yeah I live on a vineyard, so it's pretty wow. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we call we call the weekends here weekend warriors. The people that are on the roads, you know, mm-hmm. they come up mm-hmm. here for the weekend, and there's like I think I think that they put a limit on how many tasting rooms they could have in one spot, because I think it was like too many in one spot at one time. But well, it was I pretty guess, funny. But, yeah, um, all
2: that wine, all that wine tasting. I guess now yeah. they even do it at like you yeah. know supermarkets and Costco, and you know oh, you can get I a know. buzz. You, get buzzed in at 11 o'clock in the, in the morning going shopping, oh. which is m- not such a good thing.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, it's not. No, well, sp- um, thank you so Spence, much uh, you...
2: to the both of you, yeah, for, uh, thank you. for having me. Oh, we love you, Billy. We love thank, you,
3: yeah. thank you.
1: And with that, we're going to end our show with Boogie to the Bop, and I wanted to thank Spencer again for being here and bringing um, Billy to the show. And, well, um, Billy, thank you so much for being here today. It was My really pleasure. cool. I've
0: been following
1: you, you for a long time.
0: Thank and,
1: you. And uh, we'll continue. So, with that, Boogie to the Bop, guys, and we'll be back next Friday. And um, look for some Wednesday shows starting to pop up, mm. and uh, it'll be cool. All right. Here you guys go. Have a good weekend, hey, guys. there you
2: Have
0: a good Rock weekend, and everyone. And this is a fun. Thank you. Rock this and roll. Is such
1: yeah. a great song. That's a great <laughs> song.